Hey guys, this is Chris Roth here with Bushido Squirrel with your weekly knock activism wrap-up covering recent and upcoming events impacting politics here in LA. So Chris, how are you doing this week? I'm doing pretty well. It's nice that it's finally back to regular LA summer temperatures instead of the what, 115 degrees we had over the weekend. Yeah, no, like that's precisely why I don't live in Phoenix anymore. And like, <laughs> honestly, I'm not paying LA prices for this kind of stuff. Like 110 <laughs> degrees, no, I'm sorry. My lease says 72 and sunny. Where I get a break. I know, right? That's yeah. if, if only there was actually a clause about that. Living the dream. Yeah. So uh, before we, we get into much of the stuff about Occupy, let's talk about that issue that I've been punting for the last two weeks. Ah, the new police chief. Yes, Michael Moore. Okay, so. Love his documentaries. <laughs> it's actually spelled M-I-C-H-E-L. There's no, there's no A in there. So Michael Moore was just sworn in as the new chief of the Los Angeles Police Department at the end of June. Moore has a 36-year history with the LAPD and was the runner-up for the same position uh, when Charlie Beck was appointed to, to it nine years ago. Moore's swearing-in marks at the end of the chapter of LAPD's history under Beck that has recently been mired under clouds of scandal and a history of declining but persistent rates of fatal police shootings. At his swearing-in ceremony, LAPD's new chief Moore specifically mentioned his focus on eliminating those fatal shootings. Quote, last year we had 17. 17 is too many. There is no right number except zero, end quote. According to Moore, a number of those fatal shootings were the result of beanbag rounds and tasers being insufficient to the task of subduing a suspect. So his department is testing a 40 millimeter rifle that shoots a projectile similar to a hockey puck. This nearly two inch diameter projectile is supposed to be more effective than the shotgun beanbag rounds for subduing suspects at a greater distance. But while tackling a persistent problem of violence that training and changing operating tactics haven't been able to relieve, there is at least one spot of hopeful possibilities with Chief Moore running the show. In an interview with the LA Times, Mayor Eric Garcetti said that he and Moorhead, quote, discussed how the LAPD could help homeless people get low-level citations expunged on their way to obtaining jobs and permanent housing, end quote. If this change in approach to policing our unhoused neighbors does come into effect, it will be a great day for us all. But while this kind of idea has huge potential to help provide some measure of relief in the ongoing public health crisis on Skid Row, Garcetti has also indicated in recent weeks that LAPD is free to once again start performing more intrusive encampment sweeps and begin enforcing a strict ban on sidewalk sleeping. Another detail worth mentioning is Moore's purported affinity for data-driven policing operations. In reporting by The Intercept that drew on Stop LAPD Spying Coalition survey data, Maha Ahmed described how the LAPD has been working in conjunction with Palantir and other developers to implement intrusive, predictive policing operations. Quote, officers and analysts who worked on Operation Laser, or Los Angeles Strategic Extraction and Restoration, are tasked with maintaining an ongoing list of community residents to monitor by creating, quote, chronic offender bulletins for so-called persons of interest. Each of the 16 department divisions that currently use the program is required to maintain a minimum of a dozen of these bulletins, which are intended to help officers, quote, identify the most active, violent, chronic offenders in a given geographical area. Ahmed further explains that, quote, the only way for someone to get off a chronic offenders list for an area is to not have any interactions with the police. A sort of catch-22 since the program is intended to flag individuals for increased police attention. And if someone is removed from the list, they aren't notified, end quote. In case that doesn't quite sound dystopian enough for you, another troubling program that is right up Moore's alley is known as PredPol. 
Here's what the program is, again, quoting from Maha Ahmed's May 11th article at The Intercept. Quote, PredPulse software marketed by a private company relies on a machine learning algorithm, much like the ones used by corporate giants such as Facebook and Amazon for advertising purposes. It's a mathematical model with, that inputs three variables, where a crime was committed, when it was committed, and what type of crime it was. The model is used to calculate, quote, hotspots through a given metropolitan area, roughly 150 square meters, where theoretically certain types of crimes are more likely to be committed on a given day, which patrol officers use to plan their daily routes. Studies have already shown that PredPol technology reinforces racially biased policing patterns and practices, but the technology remains in use by the LAPD and at least 50 other law enforcement agencies around the country, according to a PredPol spokesperson, end quote. According to the Stop LAPD Spying Coalition, both PredPol and Operation Laser, quote, enable the continuation of decades of discriminatory and racist policing under the apparent neutrality of objective data, end quote. Mayor Garcetti is quoted as saying he's listened to the people of the city for three decades. He's learned the ins and outs of every facet. Our next chapter is not something he'll need to learn on the job. He's already been busy writing it, end quote. If this next chapter is what he's been working on as second-in-command to Charlie Beck since 2010, then it seems unlikely that we will be seeing any dramatic improvements in the relationship between the police and those they police here in Los Angeles anytime soon. The issue of data and policing has been one that's been on our minds because of our coalition work with uh, Stop LAPD Spying and LA Can and all of these groups that are doing a lot of work pushing back against the, the carceral, carceral state and the criminalization of our unhoused neighbors. It will be interesting to point out that we also have a really good knock article by Travis Court called Justice and Data Types that talks about how pulling in the seemingly raw data can lead to huge aberrations and misunderstandings later down the line. This was all based off of a tweet that Ace Katana sent out about how one of his juvenile clients uh, was tagged as gang-affiliated because he has a cousin who happens to be in the Hoover Crips. Not that this kid has ever rolled with the Crips, not that he's ever been a gang member, but simply being related to somebody in a gang now has LAPD classifying you as a gang member. So keeping our eyes on this sort of data and predictive policing is going to be a huge, huge lift that we're going to be doing over the next few years and trying to convince Chief Moore uh, until we get him fired and get an actual good police chief to not abuse this system and to harm and to not harm our residents and unhoused neighbors more. Absolutely. And shout out to that knock article again. It is a fantastic read. Highly recommend it. Yeah. But there's been a lot of stuff going on around the country. Uh, the Occupy ICE movement is in full swing. Uh, we obviously have Occupy ICE LA out here. But let's talk about what's been going on uh, kind of overall in an overview. Yes. Yeah, so, and so before we focus on everything that's been going on around the rest of the country, let's briefly go over what's going on here in LA. So Ground Game LA has been helping to organize the encampment that is blocking the ramp on the north side of the Metropolitan Detention Center in downtown LA for the last two weeks. Other Occupy ICE encampments have sprung up around the country over the same time period, and while our encampment here in LA has been an almost entirely incident-free protest, other encampments have not been so lucky. So we did have an organized civil disobedience with uh, Mike Bonin on July 1st, which resulted in, uh, I believe, 18 arrests. Uh, we got uh, cover photos in the Washington Post, the New York Times, uh, NPR used our photo, the LA Times has used our photos. None of them are giving us a shout out, so uh, keep keep pressuring them. But the Daily Dot did su do some really good coverage. Aside from that, we have had one unscheduled arrest. Oh, really? Uh, we Yeah. So this is a really weird story. So we've had a couple of instigators come into camp. Uh, one of them is named Jeff, and he is well known to the activist community out here. But another one is a young woman named Rhapsody. Uh, now, Rhapsody came into camp wanting to get people to be more radical the first day, to block traffic, to take more direct 
direct action. And we kind of push back against that because that's not the speed that we're at with the encampment that we have going there. Uh, anyways, last Saturday, she climbed onto the overpass of the 101 there and hung a banner on the Alameda exit sign. Uh, this was not a good idea. LAPD responded almost immediately. She was arrested. Uh, we have not felt a lot of blowback at camp, uh, and this wasn't an arrest that we feel was really connected to our movement, but at the same time, it's something that's happening around camp and something that we've been noticing more. Uh, coming up on July 21st, there's going to be a National Ice Agent Appreciation Day, so we may be getting some Trump supporters and MAGA folks out protesting the camp. So if you aren't doing anything July 21st, you might want to make a point to be out at, at uh, Occupy Ice LA. Yeah, and also it's just a really very cool experience to be out there and feeling like you're part of this group that's really got a very a very big mission at, at heart, and it's it's just it's a fun experience having been there a couple times myself. Yeah, and for anyone that's interested, you can always Venmo donations to at Occupy Ice LA, and you can also follow at Occupy Ice LA on Twitter for all of the updates, as well as following Ground Game because we're we're also still helping with the organization and sort of the macro logistics of the camp. Absolutely. So getting back to the national picture, in recent days, the Philadelphia encampment was swept by the Philly police. Uh, so they've been relocated their protest to camping at City Hall. Uh, Occupy Portland protesters were pepper bombed and arrested by ICE officers this morning. The protesters were on land that was owned by the city, so the ICE officers were acting outside of their jurisdiction. Occupy ICE New York City got swept out of Foley Square early Tuesday morning by a swarm of NYPD officers. Uh, who also had the NYPD legal team and the NYPD Technical Assistance Response Unit, which specializes in anti-protester surveillance. The New York City occupiers hung out around that area until 6 a.m. when they were allowed to reestablish their encampment. Occupy ICE San Francisco got violently swept on Sunday night with dozens of arrests, and movements in Atlanta and Tacoma have been pretty intense as well. Bushuda Squirrel has been following all this pretty closely, so take it away. Yeah, so I, I guess we'll start uh, over on the West Coast and sort of work our way east. Uh, Occupy San Francisco, late night Sunday, kind of early Monday, uh, dozens and dozens of DHS as well as San Francisco PD officers swept into camp, destroyed barricades, encampments, tents, arrested 39 people. At least one person was sent to the hospital with injuries that they sustained during the arrests. Uh, if you are interested, check out Occupy Ice SF for uh, information on how you can donate to bail funds and do direct support for them because they definitely need it. Occupy SF is still back at it and still launching actions and protests, so they're still in the game. Now, Occupy St. Louis has also had a couple of encampment sweeps, but they've thrown down for the long term and they're still out there. Uh, Occupy NWDC, which stands for Northwest Detention Center, is located in Tacoma, Washington, and they've been having some real pushback from their local from their local council members and mayor because the city brings in a lot of money from the detention facility. Uh, the other night, they showed up at the city council meeting. The mayor ordered the doors of the city council chamber locked, and the fire marshal said, no, you can't do that because that's illegal and dangerous. So the mayor was overridden on safety grounds and was not able to keep out the protesters. Now, we're beginning to see local politicians, and The Intercept had some good coverage on this. We've had about 100 politicians across the country come out and say they're in favor of abolishing ICE. Here in L.A., we're beginning to pick up support in the city council, and people are beginning to look at things like the CVE, the Countering Violent Extremism Program, and other stuff like that as not really helpful to the city and as divisive uh, security measures that the citizens are pushing back against. But now we also have uh, senators like Christian Gillibrand coming out and saying that they're behind the the Abolish ICE movement. Uh, so we, we hopefully will be seeing some more national pressure on this one. Uh, and we're beginning to see the Senate begin to push back against some of the Trump administration's more uh, 
outwardly facing kind of bad ideas like their tariffs. We might begin to see the leash pulled in a little bit. For what it's worth, the Trump administration has stopped the zero tolerance policy and has gone back to what they call catch and release, which really isn't catch and release because once you're caught, you're still kept under surveillance and have meetings that you have to make or you face immediate deportation. So, yeah, and they're wearing ankle bracelets. A lot of them, yeah. yeah. A lot of people are are, are gifted with those. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, it those it, there's some uh, disturbing photos on line of what happens to the human body if those are attached too tight. It's not good for you. Uh, It looks very painful. And again, the government really doesn't seem to care that much, which is a bit problematic. But the Abolish ICE movement is moving forward. It's moving forward very powerfully, and it's picking up support. It doesn't look like this is going to be stopping anytime soon, though it definitely seems like DHS and ICE and uh, the local police in many cities are becoming a little bit annoyed with the presence, but can't push back as hard as they would like to, because every time they sweep an encampment, they're catching a national news cycle that's bringing them to the forefront and further alienating their voters. Absolutely. It's, it is very heartening to see basically every mainstream Democratic Party potential 2020 candidate for the presidency is seems to be getting on board with this. And it's 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 heartening. It took them long enough, but it's heartening. Yeah, Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez's win really changed things, which also, by the way, she apparently won two primaries. She wasn't even running. Yeah, that was so, uh, you know, two, it was with nine votes. I, I mean, whatever. You know, <laughs> it's it's still one of those where you're like, wow, socialism is a, clearly a losing strategy. Yeah, we keep it, winning primaries. <laughs> we're not even contesting. It is it is very cool to finally see, uh, you know, the DSA actually getting a national spotlight after, you know, years of of languishing in the dark and finally getting a lot of attention with Bernie Sanders campaign. But this, this feels like it's a, it's a resurgence for the DSA that is uh, well-deserved and long and coming and very exciting. Yeah. It's, it's going to be really interesting to watch in this news cycle, especially as DSA debates, whether or not they want to endorse uh, Cynthia Nixon in New York. Uh, We're going to be seeing more really high level electoral uh, political uh, strategizing sessions and discussions coming out of that group. So I'm excited to see this push to the left and see you know, hopefully a legitimate third party begin to emerge here in America. Absolutely. And to think that this all came about because the Trump administration decided to start separating families and detaining children in kid jails. Yeah, no, it's uh, it's it's going to be a very, very interesting one. So, uh, But before we go, uh, all of us at Ground Game wanted to uh, give a shout out to Chris and thank you very much for the time he spent fostering Bacchus, who was our very cop-like looking <laughs> dog who is incredibly cute and incredibly sweet, but he has gone off to learn how to be a service dog, uh, somebody with a medical condition that he can help with. So as much as we're going to miss Bacchus, uh, we are so happy to see him go start this life of service and are eternally grateful to Chris for helping get him started on that path. So thank you very much, Chris, though I know that can't be easy. It's 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 a, uh, it's a for a good cause, and uh, I just keep reminding myself of that. I mean, I can poke out your eyes if you want to get him back. <laughs> No, he's he's going to go off and learn how to be a seeing eye dog for the blind, and it's a uh, it's a worthwhile thing. And uh, if you guys, if anybody is interested in helping out with Guide Dogs of America, they are a fantastic organization, almost entirely volunteer based. They don't collect any money from any municipalities or state or federal governments. It's all purely private donations, and they do an amazing service of helping people who have visual disabilities uh, to be paired up with a service dog that will guide them through uh, their daily activities and allow them to lead a very fully functional life just like they would if they were fully sighted. So it's it's really very, very cool getting to hear the people who are the recipients of those dogs 
talk to everyone as we're turning in these puppies that we've had for 15, 16 months, uh, it, it's very heartening and it's, it's reaffirming as to why it is that we signed up in the first place. Yeah, so if you are looking for a, a, a doggo companion, uh, consider fostering for a service dog. It's a very, very uh, worthwhile and necessary thing. Uh, and again, thank you much, Chris. Yeah, I'll be doing it again for sure. As always, if you have events that you want us to publicize, take part in, or generally be made aware of, please visit our website at www.groundgamela.org or visit our Facebook page and send us a message. I'll be back here every Friday morning on the Knock Patreon. Thanks for your continued support. Please encourage your friends to chip in a couple of bucks to help keep all this going. Every dollar really does help.